Pete, you are not the biggest internet celebrity on this week's episode. Not even the biggest internet celebrity to fake my own death on this week's episode. I know. This is very exciting. This is uh, going to be... It's not going to be the first time he's been on something. He was on Good Morning America. But we're going to have Tony X, a.k.a. Solu City. I don't know if it's Solo City, Solu City. Uh, Well, it's S-O capital I. Wait, it's an I? Yes. That was an L. No, so a lot of people type in the L and they see some other guy. Let me see what happens when you type oh, in. Oh, okay. Solo That's why I couldn't City. find him. Yeah, so when you type in Solo City, you get some bazone named Lorenzo Davis. And now, so he had like 100 followers and now he has 1,700 followers because people are accidentally Not bad. Him. The trickle and, down effect. Which is some heavy racism because it's just it's a picture of another black guy so people just follow him and his lone tweet is high as hell but he's making a killing right now because people are confusing him with uh tony x and tony x is a guy who for all we know is a st louis sports fan big st louis rams fan his team left him uh but he was trying to watch the Cardinals game on Monday, and he accidentally came across Game 7, Chicago Blackhawks, St. Louis uh, Blues. And so Lou City, Tony X, whatever his name is, got into hockey and live-tweeted his experience. And from there has gone from 1,600 followers to what? Is he knocking on 100 Last time I store? checked, it was 77,000, but it... 78,000. So every time I check, it jumps up like at least 1,000. Okay, so by the end of the weekend, he's probably going to be at like 100,000 because in a matter of days, he went from 1,600 to high 70s. So, uh, and he has these followers for good reason. His tweets are fucking hilarious. Yeah, my personal good. favorite was, um, this This one didn't even blow up, but it was my favorite. It was, uh, so the goalie just said, fuck it and left? Yeah. <laughs> So It's like, he is so good at Twitter without even trying. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's trying. And he's made this kind of meteoric ascent into, I mean, he was on Good Morning America. Retta, um, who is like one of the, who, who are like the resident celebrity hockey fans? Retta, Colin Hanks, um, what's his face from Entourage? The guy who plays E. Um, uh, shit, the little, the little bit of a thing. Yeah, uh, I forget his first name. Uh, some, yeah, this the one who got fucking ethered by Katie Nolan a few years ago. Do you hear about that? You don't know no, that story? No, 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 no. Oh my god! Despite being on the internet, I'm still not very good at the internet. This is like this was before Katie Nolan was Katie Nolan, pretty okay. much. It's like E tried to slide into her DMs and be like, <gasps> "Oh, you're cute," and yes, and then she was like. I forget the exact story, but she was like kind of, she was Katie Nolan to him. She was like kind of an asshole. But yeah. like, and then he was like, he got really psychopath on her. And really? And she like blew up his spot for good reason. And it went around the the internet and the blogosphere. And it was amazing. If you haven't, if you haven't seen Kevin Connolly, Kevin Connolly. So if you haven't seen that, look it up. It's hilarious. And he's a psycho. I will. That's so exciting. All righty. So City plus some music on this week's brunch. Tony X, a.k.a. Solu City, you've had a an insane week. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, quickly, you, so you're at, you're going to be knocking on 100,000 Twitter followers at, at some point soon. Um, you had 1,600 Twitter followers before, so you were already kind of established on Twitter anyway, but... Uh, give us your life story. Where were you then, and how did you get here? 
I, I mean, yeah, I did. I had sixteen hundred followers. Like even then, like I thought that was a lot, and that was a, just a couple of days ago. But I mean, I'm a, just a guy from St. Louis that likes I like sports. I didn't give hockey a chance until this weekend. I was a big Rams fan till they left us in the dust. But I do love my Cardinals, and I mean, I'm here now. Um, a hundred thousand. That's gonna be kind of crazy. I, I would have never expected that in my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, what, like, what do you do? Like, what is your full-time job? Cause obviously you've been talking no, I'm about, a, I'm a cable guy. Yeah. So I'm actually going to people's houses, hoping they don't notice me trying <laughs> to fix <laughs> all their internet and TV and stuff. <laughs> Are you sick of the attention? Like you seem like oh, yeah, somebody who doesn't quit? love it. You, you said it seems like I love it. No, it seems like you don't love, like you're hoping oh, that people yeah, don't I'm, notice you. I'm, I'm. I'm 100% sick of the attention. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 100%. I mean, it's 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 cool, but just I don't know. I just, just I, it's nothing I can do now. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I didn't think it would get this big. You deactivated your account, yeah, yesterday for a little bit. What happened? Well, there? yeah, because I. I got, I don't know, I, I don't know if I got hacked or if Twitter did it on purpose, but basically I got locked out of my account and got deactivated for like five hours. Okay, I so. actually got it back. Like when I tweeted, uh, they had a parody account. I tweeted that. And like, as soon as I tweeted that, like my, my Twitter got completely locked out again. Oh, wow. So it wasn't your, your yeah. doing. That's, I think a lot of people were worried right. that you were like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> no. So I'm not sure. I talked to some. I talked to some a guy from my Twitter, Canada. He actually helped me set everything back up. But yeah, I was completely out for like from like one to like maybe five or six at night. There must be fucked up pressure now when you send a tweet that normally it used to be for yeah. like hundreds of people, and now it's for like eighty thousand people can respond and call you an asshole if they don't like it. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, like I used to be able to tweet anything I want anytime I want it, most of the time. Some, they won't even, uh, I won't even get a reply, but now I can like tweet like anything, it could be anything. And just, I'm going to get like a hundred likes. People are going to be like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's cool. This it doesn't even matter. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I feel like, uh, as someone who's been involved with hockey, Twitter, quote unquote, hockey, Twitter for a while, it's a very, you have to like skate on thin ice cause they get offended by a lot of different things. Have, have you, uh, experienced any of that yet? Honestly, no. Like, I, I I try to look in my mentions a lot. Like, it, it kind of freezes up. But honestly, I've had no real issues whatsoever. But yeah, I've just everybody's good luck. Welcome to hockey. I haven't had really any issues, and that's been and with eighty thousand people or however many followers I got, you would think, or at least I would think that I would have a couple bad apples. But I haven't really seen anything yet. So, I mean, you've pled ignorance on hockey. Uh, hockey is the ultimate has the ultimate please like my sport fan base. Um, all hockey mm-hmm. fans want is for hockey to be bigger. So they've, I mean, the, the way you've been welcomed is hilarious, not just by hockey fans, but by hockey players and everything. When you look at like the fan bases of football or baseball, I mean, St. Louis obviously has a reputation for being fucking ruthless on, on Twitter with <laughs> its fans. Like, j- Just as a general sports fan, you must be confused as fuck by this, right? I mean, a little bit. I like. I. I didn't. It, it kind of seems like everybody thinks like hockey is like the underdog. Like, like nobody really cares about. It. I mean, to be honest, that's what I've been seeing. Like people, 
they make it seem like people don't care. And like, I'm kind of like a savior, which I don't think I am, <laughs> but it's kind of like, I guess I'm just bringing more attention to hockey and they like that. So I'm with it. But yeah, it just seems like everybody thinks hockey is the underdog. What have been uh, some of your favorite follows that have, uh, have come on board since the, the past few days? Honestly, there's been a few, um, Michael Strahan, um, yeah, I talked to him. Yeah, we had a good chat. But honestly, I haven't been able to even know. It's impossible. Like, I can't, like, I can't go on my followers list because I'm getting, like, hundreds by the hour. So it could be, like, super famous celebrities that I've, like, loved all my life. I don't even know that they follow me. Well, so you have at least you have Tori Krug who plays for the Bruins, Brett Conley who plays for the Bruins, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, what other? Roberto Luongo, yeah, Roberto, nice oh. back and forth with. Uh-huh. So did you when you had that conversation yeah. with Roberto Luongo? Did you understand who he was? And I mean, all he does is shit on himself. He's he's a very good player. He's had a very good career, but he's the most uh-huh. self-deprecating good player maybe in the history of sports. Yeah, like when people when he uh, actually added me on Twitter, he's like. Everybody was like, do you know who just added you on Twitter? Are you going to say something? Like, okay. Because I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know anything about him, but he seemed like a crazy cool guy. Yeah. He, did you end up, so he told you to not Google the 2011 Stanley Cup finals. Did you, did you Google uh-huh. it? I did not Google it. I wow. listened to him. Wow. Okay. So I guess, I guess, I guess we won't spoil it for you, but it was, <laughs> it was it, not good. <laughs> it wasn't good for well, it was it was it was good at points for him, but it just oh. see now I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google it today now. Because nice. I, I, I first I thought like he I'm not even, I'm, I'm I'm honestly not sure I'm I thought he just had like a horrible game. I'm not I don't know. But we're, so gonna so see. long story short, he uh, was a very great goaltender. Played for the Panthers for a long time. Then went to the Canucks. Had a big contract with uh, them. He, they were supposed to win the Stanley Cup in 2011. He was playing great. Uh, he kind of accidentally shot his mouth off in the middle of the series, wow. and then the Bruins started lighting him up. And then the, oh. the Canucks lost that series. They got shut out in the final game, and then there became, uh, I think, like a two-year process of how do the Canucks get rid of this guy? And they were trying to get rid of him, but his contract was so big. So when he made the uh-huh. reference to start at the bottom, and now we're still here. It's kind of basically him saying, like, this fucking ruined my life. And, yeah, I got traded finally, but he had years and years of misery because of this. So, uh, oh, yeah, but he's, he's awesome for talking about that stuff. Um, you got yeah, invited. I thought, I thought he was trolling me at first. <laughs> uh, you got invited to game three by the, the Blues. Uh, and that, yeah. did that happen completely on Twitter? Or did uh, how much have you talked to them behind the scenes? What's the plan for Game Three? Well, I haven't. I mean, well, I mean, just no plans yet. I'm just gonna go pick my tickets up at Will Call. I'm not sure where they are. I'm not sure if I'm at the ice in a box or what. But yeah, I'm just gonna go pick them up. But yeah, then that's all the contact I've had with them. I, the Rams aren't in the best way right now, anyway. But I mean, as a sports fan, were you have you lived in St. Louis since since '95? Yeah, I've lived it. I've been here all my life. So yeah. I mean, so you 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 were there for for the Rams. Uh, how yeah? How miserable uh-huh. are you as seeing that happen? That was honestly like I was, I'm the biggest football fan ever. That was like the worst sports moment to happen to me ever. Like I couldn't believe it. I are really you, couldn't. It was kind of. 
Are you still going to follow them? Or are you going to be, I don't know, would you be a Colts no, fan? I'm, no, 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 I'm done with them. I was done with them today. Like, I was done with them because, like, when they were, uh, they basically had wrote up reports and everything, basically talking about the city, saying we couldn't, we couldn't uh, basically support three teams that had facts and everything with it. I mean, like, after that, I was done. Like, I know, it was, basically, they burned the bridge down with the whole city and me at that point, and I, I just knew they were going there. Gee, and in hindsight, but, you were yeah, probably like three teams. Then fuck, get rid of the hockey team. Who watches that <laughs> shit? Right. It's, it's, I don't know. But yeah, I don't think it's come. I don't think I only think I can be a fan of another NFL team because it, it won't feel the same. To be honest, you um, as a football fan, what's the transition like to watching hockey with all the attention that concussions get? I know that uh, during I forget what game it was, you t- you tweeted like I've just seen like twenty five <laughs> concussions in one minute. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. It's like everybody. I mean, I don't. I mean, they get paid a lot of money. I just, I just, I just want people to be safe. But it's kind of crazy. Like everybody's attention is on the NFL, but hockey. It's like big hits after big hits every second. Like it doesn't stop. Yeah. But every I have. I mean, I I, I keep up with sports news a lot. I just I don't see any people. I feel at like hockey. The, like I feel like in hockey. In hockey, there are more obvious concussions on the ice that than, go undiagnosed. Than, than, yeah, yeah. Well, not yeah, go undiagnosed, but just like obvious, like dudes are laying there completely out of it. Like we've seen that twice already yeah. in the first few rounds. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think if that's you get crazy. A concussion in hockey. Yeah, you probably you probably won't be skating too well. Like in the, in football, you can probably fake it for a little bit. So I can see that why wow, that could be one reason. Uh, Tony, are you a Boston Celtics fan? I am. I'm well, a Boston Celtics fan. Explain that. I mean, we're we're from Boston, so so we're with it. But basically, well, I start I started watching bas. I kind of started watching basketball. How I'm going to be watching football now? Basically, I was just watching every team, just picking up, just watching, basically watching every game. But then I started to. I, I like the underdog. So I started hating the Lakers, basically. <laughs> so that's how I basically became a Boston Celtics fan because I, I hate the Lakers. Was that during like the Kobe <laughs> Shaq era? Yeah, and it stuck on me. So I've been a, a Boston fan for at least about ten years. Well, my so my favorite tweet of yours is uh, definitely number one is the goalie just said fuck it and left. And the second, yeah. the second best one is uh, Brad Stevens got that substitute teacher swag down because I don't know if it was on this show that we've discussed it, but a lot of times he dresses so close to well and fucks one thing up. Like one time he had a, his tie like four inches too long. So when you said substitute teacher swag, I was like, that is exactly what Brad Stevens is. Every it's exactly who he looks like. Like you'd be sitting in class, that's the that's the substitute teacher is gonna walk in and try to teach the class. <laughs> and he's like everyone he's trying to be everyone's friend and everything, like, oh no guys, I mean I'm a joke. Yeah. Um, you, you say you like the underdog. Uh who have been your favorite teams other than the blues and favorite players to this point? Other than the blues? Yeah. In, in terms of hockey? Yeah. I I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I honestly, I, 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 I've, I've kept up. Like I, I listen to the radio around here, so I keep up with the Blues. I, like I've known they've been losing like every, the first round every year. That's thing, yeah. But like the our most famous person was like T.J. Oshie, so I guess him. But other than that, I, I've really been sticking with just the mostly of the Blues players, honestly. 
You like Matt Murray though. You were you were a huge fan of Matt. Oh Murray yeah, on I like him. I, I like his defense. I, I like his defense. <laughs> like nice. I, the other games I was watching, like like the goalies, they didn't. I mean, they seemed good, but he 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 had his stuff down. Like he had the uh, they had the flu goal on him where he blocked it, then it popped right back at him. But yeah, I like I like his defense. <laughs> All right, so if it's cool, we're going to th- so hockey has some weird terms. Like you, your reaction. To, to power play was amazing. Your reaction to the goalie being pulled was amazing. But hockey has far more odd terms than that. So Pete jotted down a bunch of them, and we're going to bounce them off you and see uh, if you can guess what they are. Okay. Uh, odd man rush. Odd man rush. Um, I would say maybe... Maybe an extra guy to I don't know I know that's offside I, could, I have no clue. You're kind on the right close. track. Kind of close. It's it's when one team is taking the puck down the ice with more okay. people than the other team has back. So like a three on two or oh. a two on one or a three on okay. one like that. Okay. Uh, tip. The yeah, I thought tarp. it was something. Can you tip, repeat that? Tip the tarp. Kiss the tarp. <laughs> tip the tarp. I couldn't even guess what that would mean. <laughs> it, is guess. When, it is when a team uh, plays one of its prospects for the first time. Okay. Four okay. check. Is that four check? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Another guy just checking a dude and you just falling or something? <laughs> it's basically when um, one team has the puck in its defensive zone and – a guy is trying to pressure them into turning the puck over. Okay. Um, here's here's maybe my favorite hockey term: uh, grocery stick. Grocery stick. Huh. Well, he's obviously bringing some groceries. Something he has to be. I don't know, like a like a one on one. He's trying to. I don't know. It's something that players uh, will call each other on the ice if they're trying to tell the other player that they suck. They'll call them a grocery stick because a grocery stick separates uh, the players on the bench because it sits right in the middle of the bench because it's never going to get on the ice. So, they, <laughs> so yeah. Um, a pigeon. As I hear these, I'm like, Hockey's the, hockey it's is so the dumb. fucking it's so dumb. Like, this is the weirdest stuff. I've, <laughs> so this is, a, is this a, a term or this is something people it's what, say? Or? It's what players call uh, call each other. It's like yeah. an insult. It's And it's like, if you get called a pigeon, watch out. Like, Refs will be like separating like the players after a fight. They'll be like, "You fucking pigeon!" And it's like they dropped a hard F on them. It is like you, you, uh, you can't go calling people pigeons. Somebody, I don't know, try to hit them high in the head. I don't know. No, it's uh, it's somebody uh, who basically is who picks up like their line mates' garbage. Like when uh, a less talented line mate uh, benefits from better line mates. Like because pigeons oh, okay. eat garbage. So I didn't even realize. So I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know there was a deeper meaning. To yeah, that. I just that's knew what. That, like it's like one, it's basically like a passenger. Oh, okay. That's, okay, that's like a, a vulture. Yes, yeah. a vulture. That's a good one. All right. So uh, this is a two-part one. Uh, Gino and Apple. Gino and Apple. I'm not gonna get any of these right. I, no. I know I don't blame you. This isn't about quizzing you as much. I think as, as it like is exposing us uh, exposing how dumb hockey terms right. are. Right, hockey has the weirdest words. So is this is this like a, a insult? Is this like what? It, like no, so can this, I get like the definition. 
So, all right, I'll give you uh, a Gino is a goal because it starts with a G, and an apple is an is an assist because it starts with an A. Okay. Um, there is a okay. strong contingent of hockey Twitter that does not like when you use the terms Genos and apples because they think it's too weird. So they'll be like, just call them goals and assists. So people like Pete and myself, we try to use the terms Gino and Apple as, as often much as, as we possible. Can. <laughs> All right, uh, ragtap. Uh, not ragtag. It sounds similar, but it's different. Red tag. I don't know, like a guy. I don't know, like a person of the team just kind of out to get or something. I don't it's know. A way like to he has a red tag. If a team's defense is shitty, that's how you describe it. You'll say like they got a ragtap defense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that that'll that's I'll enough. Like we we've, we've exposed I'll how say. dumb hockey is. And that concludes. <laughs> you're right. This is going to make all three of us not want to watch hockey anymore. I actually wanted to ask you after you blew up uh-huh. after Game Seven of Hawks and Blues, when everyone was like, "Okay, uh-huh. this guy likes hockey now. He loves hockey. Let's all follow this guy for hockey." Was there any pressure of like, what if I keep watching it and don't fucking like it? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I liked it. Um, but I don't think it's, I wasn't any pressure. Like if I didn't like, I'd have been like, Hey guys, it's, it's over. It's done. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I, I, I got into the, I got into the blues game real heavy. It was, it was, it was intense. Like my heart was beating like every time somebody took a shot at the goal. Well, I'll tell you, I'm sure people have told you this before. Playoff hockey is unlike any other sport. But being there for playoff hockey is insane. So, like, seeing hockey live is a is a great, great time. But mm-hmm. I can't imagine someone who is a week into watching hockey, the first, the first time you're going to see hockey in real life being game three of the second round of the playoffs, that's going to... Like, you're setting the bar really right, high. That, that sh- like, prepare to be overwhelmed. Like, you might, you might cry. Oh. <laughs> I might, I might, yeah, but that's what everybody's saying. Like everybody's saying, you you, you won't believe it. It's like ten times better than this watching on TV. Like better than every it, other sport. It really is. Uh, we have to be around it all the time, and and we we still think it's pretty sick live. Well, Tony, this has been awesome. Uh, hopefully, the attention kind of subsides, or at least you get used to to being a celebrity and everything. But this has been this has been kick ass. <laughs> Thank you. All right, shouts to Tony X. I'm very interested in his life now because he's going through some shit. Absolutely. Crazy week for him. That was awesome. Crazy week for him, crazy week for music. This is also a music episode. Uh, We've been doing a lot of television, which I don't think you or I mind a bit. No, I'm much... I feel much more comfortable talking about TV than I do music. Yeah, Really? Yeah, I don't know too much about music, which is a bad thing to say at the beginning of uh, an episode where we're talking about a lot of music, but... I I will put myself out there and say that I am not the biggest like like you know the like the engineering and like the 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 makeup of music. I'm just like this sounds good. I'm into it. Well, I mean ultimately, so I don't know the the ins and outs of it as much. I mean, I I might maybe I make myself uh seem smarter there than I actually am. Um and if I do then you do awesome. a lot of research in, ter- in terms of like who produces songs. So yeah, and th- that's like what that. I yeah, like, that's the shit I care about. Like I, I want to know why there was a shaker in the second verse. I want to know whose idea that was. Um, so anyway, uh, this was a big week for music because Blink One Eight Two came out with a new song, which it's hilarious that that was the first thing I said of the music. Yeah, of all the music week. things. Um, and Beyonce last Saturday dropped Lemonade and Drake. And Drake as well. Um, let's start with Drake. 
because I feel that there's a closet I need to emerge from regarding Drake. I don't have any thoughts on Drake. I think he's fine. That's about as far as I'll go. I did uh, an Ask Me Anything this morning because I was uh, sitting at the the car dealership's uh, office, whatever, and a lot of the questions were about Drake. And the Ask Me Anything was, I said, ask me anything in parentheses about Beyonce's Lemonade, and people were still asking about Drake. Because when you put yourself out there and say, like, oh, I'm kind of a music guy, I know about music, people want people want your thoughts on whatever the big thing is. And I've never responded. I don't think I've ever responded to a tweet about Drake because I just don't know what to say. I'm the world's worst white person. I don't, I can't get invested in Drake. I don't care about him. I know he's good. I'm sure he's a great rapper, but I, I can't, I can't get, he is good. I think that he's good. I think he is well-rounded. He's a good rapper and he can also sing pretty well. Yeah. Um, he's charming as well. Yeah. Well, he's super charming. He's the guy that I would want to hang out with if I had the opportunity. Yeah. If I could like purchase a smile, I would buy, I'd buy Drake's (laughs) a weird term. Uh, No, like if you could like, if you could like, it's like getting breast implants or something. If I could get a smile implant, I would, I would get Drake's smile. Okay. That guy can smile. Don't fucking make That's a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to say. I was talking about how I want to hang out with him. You're talking about how you want to jack his smile. (laughs) You've never, you've, I don't know. This is, it's like uh, to, to talk about Entourage way too much. It's like when Drama sees the guy with the uh, tree trunk calves, and his thought isn't like, oh, congrats on having good calves. He's like, I wish I could have calves like that. When I see Drake smile, I'm like, imagine if your smile was like its own brand. I mean, how many GIFs, how many memes, how many responses on Twitter do you see to things that's just like Drake sitting uh, courtside smiling? Drake is just such a random person that it's like, He's almost a character instead of a person because he is literally everywhere and he has like a hand in literally everything. He's in sports. He's in music. He's in TV. He's literally everywhere. But I, so again, um, we said earlier that, uh, I know more about music than you and I'm going to come off as such a dummy with music here. What's he, what's his claim to fame? What's he great at? I mean, I know that I, I've heard all of his music and everything, but is he considered a particularly great rapper? Is he considered, or is he just like the fun guy who dances and does a cha-cha song? I think he's the latter, right? No, he he has like a good, he came on strong. I forget the name of his first album. Uh, I think it was, it was a mixtape maybe. Okay. Uh, so he was, was cool either. enough to have a mixtape then at least. Well, I think that's how he like, that's, you're asking how he got his claim to fame. I think it was through mixtapes. Wasn't he on Degrassi? Well, yeah, that. But so he had like kind of a base for fans. But then they were like, then he started to get into music, and they were like, "Oh shit, this guy's actually pretty good." Oh, okay. So I figured that's why he kind of blew up. I'm surprised that he would have a mixtape though, because if you're on Degrassi, then if you decide you want to do music, then you're probably going to be on a major label, regardless of what you're doing. So I'm wondering if it was kind of like a. Uh, like a fueled by ramen type situation. Um, fueled by ramen is, I think it's Atlantic's uh, label that Atlantic basically owns this label to act like fueled by ramen is indie. So they're like, oh, Paramore, you're going to be like an indie artist on this label called Fueled by Ramen, and it's totally going to be low key and it's going to look like you're working your way up. When in reality, Haley Williams was signed by. 
I, I keep saying Atlantic. I hope I'm right on Atlantic. Um, signed by Atlantic as like a 15-year-old. And they were like, okay, we're going to make a band around you. And it's just, just this very, very polished thing. So when I hear that Drake started off with a mixtape, I am uh, suspicious that that's the kind of mixtape that happened. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it was, like it Sony was, was like, okay, was let's make a mixtape. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like an album. We're going to uh, give you Rick Rubin and we'll see what you guys can do put, putting together a mixtape. Um, yeah, I think you're probably onto something there. It was, uh, so I think the one that I'm referring to is so far gone. Uh, it was his third official mixtape. Um, so he had October's very own by then. So I could be completely wrong. Uh, he was probably established at this point since he had his own label. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far gone was like the first time that I had heard about Drake. Yeah. I like what's the, uh, what's the one with like the hey hey hey's that are like octavized and it sounds it was uh the the find your love song oh yeah that was recently oh that's so that that's like newer drake yeah really yeah no that's find like your love the the i'm more than just a number yeah that hey, was recently hey. no really yeah uh, i don't think so like in the past like two or three years yeah. no that's not true yes it is uh drake find your love so um 2010, suck on my bowls, pause. Wow. Yeah. So that was 2010. Um, I like that this song. This is the that w- worst conversation of all this time. This is good. No, so, so there are a lot of bad parts of brunch that we think are bad, and then people will say, I liked this part of the conversation. For example, people loved last week's episode. I thought that last week's episode was bad. I thought that I was particularly bad. I thought that I, ruin- I, thought that I single-handedly ruined it. With my, it wasn't stupid as fast paced as the other brunches. Yeah, like, like right now we're zooming great. with with bad with Drake nothing, takes. Though. Yeah, <laughs> we got nothing here. Yeah, so like I, I think that Drake is talented for sure, but I don't understand why everybody freaks the fuck out every time he releases something. He's not on that level for me yet. Like, right, I will check it out, but I'm not gonna fucking rush to my computer every time he drops something. All right, so that takes me to. I'm glad that you mentioned. Uh, people freaking the fuck out for no reason because we've had this conversation with Adele and she's not there. I feel that Beyonce is getting there. Beyonce dropped Lemonade last week and uh, we can get into it. Neither you nor I think that Beyonce is a god. But I think everybody else does. So it's like to no, say no, that no, she's... No, 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 no. So are you saying that she's getting there for you? For me, okay. yes. Okay. Because everybody... She's well, she, already there for everybody else. But people exist there whether or not they deserve to be. Like, I feel that Adele's uh, placement there, Adele being... Was off of one album. Off of one fucking album and... You know what was a million times better than Adele's most recent album? Lemonade, I think, for me. So, oh, um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that uh, Adele, super overrated. Love her. Would, like, would love, love her for what she should be I want her to be great. Yeah. I want Adele to be great, but sh- this last album was really disappointing. Yeah. Well, because off of one album, we all decided that she's, she's Paul amazing. McCartney, yeah. and everything that she's going to do is going to be perfect, so... Uh, shouts to idiots there, and uh, I, yeah, that's that was a huge basic bitch thing. I think everybody just jumped on Adele as okay, she's perfect, and it's kind of what a lot of white people do with both Kendrick Lamar and Drake. Shouts to me for at least not doing it with with Drake, but uh, yeah, Adele super overrated. Beyonce can be overrated. I mean, I love her because she is 
Um, I so I will say that I've been on like the Beyonce is overrated train I know you for, have. for yeah. very long. Um, I think and, we had these arguments pre brunch. Yeah, and uh, I so my argument was always like, what has she put out recently that's been good? Like I understand that like Destiny's Child was great, and yeah. she has put out a lot of good music on her own as a solo artist. But what has she done recently? So and then. That's a, that's a great take. I was uh, I was talking to Lewis uh, Feidelberg's roommate from Barstool Sports at Spin Class the other day, and he brought up a very similar take. He was like, "When was the last time you heard a recent Beyonce song out, like at a bar, at a party, um, on a playlist in a friend's car?" And the, I mean, solid take, very correct. You didn't hear much off of the self-titled Beyonce album. Uh, out and that speaks volumes to how big is it because Beyonce is not there to be an independent artist Beyonce is not on quote unquote fueled by ramen Beyonce is there to make shit fucking bangers right so I really liked Beyonce's self-titled album I liked it a lot more on its first few listens than I did as I listened to it more which is a very very bad sign for an album like I love listening to an album and being like you know what I'm gonna have to chew on this for a while before I understand whether or not it's good Lemonade, I've listened to probably 10 or 15 times already. And from the first, it had my attention on the first listen. And I've loved it more and more since. They've been playing in spin class nonstop. I've, like, in the car, at, at home, I just have it. I have the video, the, the visual album on in the background when I'm writing. I, I'm not a huge, huge Beyonce guy, but I fucking love Lemonade. Yeah, Lemonade was awesome. Yeah, and... Uh, Let's there was something for like pretty much everybody on Lemonade too. Right. Like even if you don't like Beyonce or you don't like her music, there's a good chance you're gonna like one or two songs on Lemonade because it's. I, I don't want to say it's all over the place, but it's super diverse, it which is, is the point of that album, right? And Daddy Lessons is kind of the central point of it for me because uh, I have a lot of friends who love rap, who love R and B, who love um, like de- more Destiny's Child type Beyonce and. Uh, They'll say, I liked every song on the album, but Daddy Lessons. Don't like pop country. That's fine. I hate pop country. Uh, I liked Daddy Lessons because I think it was it was a better version of pop country, A, because it involved uh, Beyonce, and B, because the, the song and the lyrics were actually good. It was a, It's about a father telling his daughter, like, look, I'm not a bad guy, and if, if you meet people like me, stay the fuck away from them. It actually has good lyrics. It's not about fucking blue jeans and Friday nights and all that shit. Surfboard. Right. <laughs> and if people um, are drawn more to that song, then they can say, okay, I didn't, like, I didn't like Freedom, but I liked Daddy Lessons. That's a bad example because people are going to lose their shit. So I, White people are going to lose their shit over Freedom because it's Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, so I... <laughs> It's a bad place to jump on. But, uh, <laughs> top five, but, <laughs> Freedom Daddy Lessons. <laughs> so I have a top four. I had a top four standout songs from the from uh, Lemonade, Daddy Lessons, yep. Freedom. Okay. So two of those, uh, Six Inch and Sandcastles were the f- top four. Sandcastles, fuck. Sandcastles, I tweeted this the first time I listened to it. It sounds like it should be, did you ever fully get into Sarah Bareilles? Um, no. Okay, but so... But, like, sort of, not really. I remember you were in the process of getting into her, and, um... Anyway... I explored her. I didn't fully get into it. So a lot of her albums, uh... A lot of her studio albums end with songs that are just her and the piano, like, really, really pretty, really heavy songs. Sandcastles sounds like it should be the final song on a Sarah Bareilles album, which is... 
I, I tweeted at the time. That's like the highest compliment I can pay a song. It's that song is fucking dope. For me, my favorite song on the album, and it's kind of like a silly little throwaway song, is Hold Up. I love Hold Up. And I found out someone told me on Twitter that Father John Misty has a writing credit on that song. Ooh, there so, you go. Holy shit <laughs> there. Um but yeah, I uh just off the top of my head, Hold Up, uh Don't Hurt Yourself, I love. That's the one with Jack White. Yeah. And We'll get into the... the I was ju- a little disappointed by that song. Really? Yeah. So, oh, I love it. I, I just think it's so But that's like, the, that's the thing about that about this album is that, like, you can again, still there's love something it for everyone. Like, if I don't like that, I didn't really like that song, but I still love the album because it was that deep. Yeah. So, Feidelberg, actually, uh, I sent out a tweet a few minutes ago disagreeing with Scott McLaughlin saying that Freedom was the best song on the album. So, Feidelberg came to the rescue and because uh, I said "Hold Up's the best song," and he said, "To be honest, both are correct." Hurt yourself, sorry. Six inches, uh, daddy lessons, sandcastles, uh, formation. All <laughs> so he night basically also named the entire album. He named every song except for the one with uh, with James Blake. Um, Which I, I wanted to get on that. I was really disappointed by that because I love James Blake. Right. Oh, well, when Beyonce puts out track a track listing and in parentheses it says featuring Jack White, featuring James Blake, featuring Kendrick Lamar. You're like, Beyonce plus anything should be fucking incredible. I guess that's the reason why I for the most part was disappointed by Hold or uh, Don't Hurt Yourself because it had, you know, featuring Jack White. Yeah. So I was expecting like I was expecting something very different than what was given to us. So here's the thing. I think that it sounded like a song that Jack White would do. I mean, obviously he's not featured well, yeah, heavily sure, in it. But he's, like, he's some of the later verses. He does some of the you hurt yourself <laughs> things, but uh, he's not like taking verses or anything. But I mean, the sound, uh, I'd have to look to see who, who produced it, but certainly wouldn't surprise me if Jack White produced that. Um, so I like all that shit. Uh, so we've covered that the music itself is bomb. Actually, one last thing I want to say on the the music I think that it's great that she didn't need to belt all over the place on this song I mean you think of your classic Beyonce hooks think of um, uh, fuck like Drunken Love uh, a lot of the uh, Destiny's Child stuff it's just Beyonce her screaming in your face screaming (laughs) shit and you fucking love every second of it and I'm totally down for that like I like when she goes nuts and don't hurt yourself when she does the Tonight I'm fucking up all your shit, boy. Like <laughs> I love that. Um, but she doesn't need to belt a lot to make these songs great. She even she, I didn't think I'd ever heard Beyonce's head voice other than uh, Naughty Girl before this album. And there's a lot of it on this when she's doing get my sw- she's doing turn my swag on and all that stuff. She I feel like she was willing to use a lot more stuff in her arsenal. And whether that's good producers telling her to think outside the box. Or what? It w- it wasn't classic. Like, all right, there's gonna be like a retro vibe to this song, and Beyonce, you're gonna yell over it. It was. Well, I think that a big reason for that is the all the whole overarching theme of the album. It's where it's like you're changing, yeah, mindset from beginning to end, yeah. And so when you're doing that, it really opens up like everything yeah it opens up like what you can write about what you can like the type of music you can make and like the the different approaches that you can take to each song that's a very good point um so you talked about the emotions of the album 
What are your? Have you read any of the think pieces yet? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read. read one. I haven't read a single thing on it yet, and you know why? Except it, because you've gotten enough text messages from me that you've no, like, <laughs> not because of that. Because we, I, I wouldn't have, li- I wouldn't have explored it uh, unless we were doing this podcast. Because that's like, like I said, I don't really care about Beyonce very much. Yeah. So I, I overlooked it, um, and then you were like, "All right, Lemonade is good enough to do a podcast about it." Yeah. So I checked it out yesterday and then i finished it this morning uh and so i haven't had time to read anything on it that's i just finished it that's good i don't like to read think pieces or um i don't like to hear other people's thoughts on something that i'm going to this seems like something that would be fucking is gonna bring out a million think pieces what lemonade lemonade, oh it it fucking has already Um, that's not surprising so obviously a big theme of it is uh that she has been wronged by whom you ask probably sean carter so the the album at least the front half of the album is just about jay-z cheated on me and i'm pissed about it um and i'm sure think pieces have covered this a lot better but my takeaway is so beyonce got cheated on she brought in jack white to talk shit about jay-z with her and they put the album on title, and now Jay-Z's making a lot of money. So there's, a, there's some confusion as to why make the album talking shit about your husband and A, stay with him, and B, release it on his release music, it, yeah, like music if, platform. If this had come out just on um, iTunes or Apple Music, or if, if it were out like exclusively on Spotify, that would have been the middle finger that would make this all believable. Well, me. that was like one of the, my earliest thoughts is because I had heard about Lemonade and I had heard that a lot of it was about Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. She released it on Tidal. That's his music platform. None of this makes sense. Right. But you have to watch the, the or listen to the entire album. My thoughts on it are that I think Jay-Z and... Um, Jay-Z and Beyonce are aware that they are an institution. Um, one of my friends recently uh, compared them to the Clintons. Like, shit's going to go down with us. It's not going to be a steady ride the whole time, but we're never breaking You know what? Another good comparison is the Underwoods. Yeah, you, I, just, I saw your face light up. I was like, you're about to say the Underwoods. Um, yeah, that's, that's a perfect analogy. Um, so I think that they're aware that we're an institution. We're going to fuck up. Like, Beyonce's cheated on Jay-Z. Shut the fuck up, pretty good chance. Yeah, um, you know what also crossed my mind is like maybe the, maybe none of this happened. Maybe they're just doing it to fucking to revive title. Right? Maybe, and I'm down. I by the way, I bought, um, but I don't think that's the case because the the album was so good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll choose to believe that that it was all true because the album was so good, and it's, it'd be hard to make something that good just for made up feelings. <laughs> right. I had the um, I had. The title uh, trial for the life of Pablo, and still I should check that out now that I have. T- this is I signed up for title because Ooh, of Lemonade. So good call. So here's what I should have done. Um, so I canceled title before it started kicking because when I saw that you can do a trial, one of the options is you can do the trial of like the the audio file version, like the the super high quality sounding shit. And I was like, Oh, awesome. I can listen to that thing. You do soundtrack in the, mo- the highest quality I've ever experienced it. I'm fucking down. So I canceled it before it started charging me because that one is like $35 a month or something like that. So I just got it for life of Pablo. And then I canceled it once I I'd given it sufficient listens. 
and then Prince died, so Prince is only on title, which is bullshit. Right. So I bought a shitload of Prince stuff on iTunes, and then uh, Beyonce dropped Lemonade, and I bought it. I bought Be- uh, Lemonade on iTunes, and I'm like, fuck! I could have. I should have just stuck with title. If only Prince could have fucking told us that he was going to die, then we would have been much better off. Yeah, so I signed up for Title, and this is my first experience of Title. I'm definitely going to cancel. It's oh really? You don't? Yeah. Why? I don't just know. I have no use for it. Yeah, yeah. Apple Music. Yeah, I'm I'm just committed to Apple Music. I I don't think the Title's bad. Like I have friends who do exclusively Title, and I mean when when Prince died the other night, we were able to just vibe out and listen to Prince all night. So um, yeah, uh, did we? We've already done an episode of about um, streaming music, stream yeah. music, haven't we? Wow, yeah. we were talking about Shandies on Twitter today. And I was like, we should talk about that today. And we've already like, done it. We've already done that. So we're getting to Brunch the point. deep. Right. We're getting to the point where we're doing reruns. Um, well, we're uh, coming up on a year. No, not a year. We're far away. In the, the fall. In the yeah. fall, I think? No, it was no, it was, um, it was during the summer. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have to do something spectacular. By the way, how random was Formation? On that album, it didn't fit. It, at it all. comes in as out of place. Well, I think that um, I think the album gets progressively blacker, um, so that's a way of maybe tying it all together. But that is definitely the the punchiest. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't fit with like the the whole theme of the album. Do you think it was because that she had done that for the Super Bowl and then just like kind of threw it in? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, well, I mean. Yeah, because I mean Kendrick Lamar came out with Black or the Berry well before um well before Tip Butterfly. But then when he dropped it in the album, it was it ended up being like a turning point in the album and it was like very appropriately placed. Yeah, it it does I don't I, I won't say it comes completely out of nowhere, but it definitely um sticks out a bit. That could also be though just because I'm hearing all this other stuff for the first time and but you know, speaking to the diversity of the album if you can have sandcastles on there and you can have daddy lessons and you can have don't hurt yourself, then you can pretty much fucking have anything. So, yeah, I guess it's just because like uh, I watched the the visual album, which really like ties everything together yeah. super well. And then it basically the visual album basically concludes and mm-hmm. then they just play formation uh, on the visual album. I will say so I said that hold up is my favorite song. I'll also say that Hold Up is my favorite part of the visual album because that is 500 days of summer levels of pretty face porn. Like, all that video is is Beyonce in a yellow dress fucking shit up and then them zooming in on her face doing, like, a classic, like, Beyonce smile. If I could jack any girl's smile, (laughs) it would be Beyonce's. Interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was Um, probably my favorite on uh, on the visual album. Or the one where, uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but the one where she's swinging the red above the head. Yes. So I um, I uh, did, I tried to make a post uh, when the Deflate Gate stuff came out that the U.S. Court of Appeals had, uh, had reinstated Tom Brady's suspension. I tried to make a post that was uh, Tom Brady, or the NFL versus Tom Brady as told by Beyonce's Lemonade Gifts. And... Like, my boss didn't... I told my boss, I was like, I'm going to do this. And he was like, 
fucking hate you. <laughs> and like n- nobody was particularly on board with it, but I was like, this is going to be a fun thing. I'm going to make GIFs because I have the, the software now to do it. I have Giphy Capture. That's the thing I'm using now. So I'm kind of entering the whatever century. Stay off right my now. block. Right? <laughs> so I made all these. So I went through... Um, I went through the the whole video and I made like ten or fifteen gifts and I made a post. That, it was awesome. Like with and all the the gifts were appropriate. And for the uh, the video of uh, Jim McNally going into the bathroom on the, the security cam, I had the video of Beyonce going up to the camera and smashing it with the bat. Uh, but as soon as I posted, apparently we're not allowed to. Like you guys do it, but you're breaking the law when you do it. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so we we err on the side of let's not break the law, which is super fucking lame. Because if everyone's breaking the law, join them. You don't want to be the fucking nerds who are like, Ugh. listen, BuzzFeed does that shit on the daily. Exactly. So, <laughs> so if someone's gonna go after anybody, they're gonna go after BuzzFeed and not EEI. But anyway, so that was a bummer. But the good news is. My computer is now mostly Beyonce gifts, so I nice. have these shits ready to go. <laughs> Although I'm sure that a bunch of people have, have made them since. But I do, uh, one of the things I had was um, after, uh, after Goodell oversaw the appeal and decided, yep, I'm going to keep the punishment that I gave you in the first place, people questioned whether or not the commissioner had too much power. And then the gif was Beyonce <laughs> in the red swinging that thing. So shouts to shouts to that whole situation. Um, in other music news, Blink One Eighty Two has peeked its head out of the the woods here. New album dropping in July. We've never discussed Blink One Eighty Two, but I think that we know each other well enough to know that we've had very strong Blink One Eighty Two parts of our lives. For sure, I like one you. Of my like, no offense, growing yeah, up. like no offense. I know that you blink. You are all ta- about Blink Way. I don't too. take that as a criticism, right? If you were white at some point in your life, then you liked Blink Way too. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I have no shame in like that. I feel a little bit of shame in some of the other bands that like I listen what? to, uh, like uh, like Simple Plan, the All American Rejects. Like, oh that, no, like, so Simple Plan, no, All American Rejects were good. I don't know what that guy, the singer's name is. That guy is a fucking rock star. <laughs> I'm down. Like they're just like like some forty one. They fall in there too. Like no, some forty one was good. So well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, like okay. like that was like they were good back then, and they haven't been heard from since. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like you were embarrassed to say that at some point you liked no, some forty one. Like I, no, oh, you were I'm not good embarrassed music. to say like that. I like these bands. It's just like we've talked about a lot of stuff I on this still podcast. Listen to them. Yeah, we're not embarrassed <laughs> by anything. Like that's the thing. It's like people are like, it's 2016. Why you still care about Blink One? Too, because I still listen to all these bands. Yeah, you're, and I mean, we talk about TV shows being pot committed. If you're not pot committed to Blink 182, then when the fuck did you get out? Exactly. Um, I actually will say I kind of did get out of Blink 182. I feel like a lot of people got out around neighbors. Neighbors. I, uh, or neighborhoods. Neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I liked neighborhoods. Why? Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I mean, good for you. I think neighborhoods was. was uh, like as an album, it wasn't very good. Yeah, uh, it was like a, it was kind of a mess. But I think there were a lot of good songs scattered throughout neighborhoods. So my take on Blink One Eight Two is, I thought that their the Jerry Finn era of Blink One Eight Two, which was right after uh, Scott Rayner left, Scott Rayner left after Dude Ranch, and then Travis Barker came in. And they started working with a producer named Jerry Finn, and he had done 
mixing on like a lot of Green Day stuff. He ended up becoming like the hot producer in pop punk. He did uh, Enema of the State. He did Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which for me, if there's a two album, for me, for any fucking person, if there's a two album span in which Blink-22 is the it's top of its game, yeah. it was then. And uh, he also did uh, he also did All Killer, No Filler mm-hmm. by um, Sum 41. And he produced uh, An Outcome the Wolves from Rancid. Were you... I, I wasn't a rancid guy. Wow. I, so I would have guessed that you also had a rancid phase. Um, so he was like the go-to guy for that sort of shit. So I was telling you before that I had a take that I realized this morning made me an asshole. My thinking was that once uh, Jerry Finn went away from them or they went away from Jerry Finn, then Blink-182 started to become bad. Uh, he produced, I think he produced the the 2003 album, which was, was it self-titled? Yeah. The one with Miss You? Yeah. That was when I was, so once I heard Miss You, that was when I started to be like, okay, Blink, I maybe. See, I like, kinda, I like that song. Like, maybe I'm just like a Blink fanboy, but like, yeah. I like a lot of the stuff they do, no matter how different it is from what made them unstoppable. Well, I mean, c- consider I bought and told people that Metallica's St. Anger was a good album. So I definitely know what it's like to like a band so much that you'll listen to any levels of shit they put out. So anyway, my take was that without Jerry Finn, is Blink-22 not as good? Why don't they just work with Jerry Finn more? What the fuck is this Jerry Finn guy's problem? He has been dead for (laughs) seven years, died in 2008. So they had to make these albums without him because uh, once you pass away... It's pretty Your tough potency <laughs> with producing albums fades considerably. So shouts to Jerry Finn, rest in peace. He made awesome music with these guys. I thought, yeah, I thought that their heyday. My favorite Blink album, this is going to be maybe a little weird. My favorite Blink album is not Enema of the State, but Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I think it's probably the same for me. That was when they, because that was when they were at their crudest. Um, it was when they were at their least apologetic um they were always unapologetically a pop band but i mean they were using the same chord progressions for every song basically the only variance on uh, a lot of their music uh by the time they reached like 2001 was um was travis barker's drum patterns and that was at the height of was it i think it was 2001 that was at the height of travis barker being travis barker he was a fucking madman at that point and um, and like an absolute star. Yeah, like oh, yeah, for yeah. a drummer, yeah. you won't get a, as bigger a star than Travis Barker was. So that leads me to this question. What was your favorite? Um, well, first of all, is the current lineup of Blink-182, uh, which is uh, Mark, Matt Skiba, and Travis Barker, is that uh, Blink-182 or is that a Blink-182 side, side project? Uh, I mean... I. I don't know. Like for me, Blink One Eighty Two is the contrast between Mark and Tom. Yes. So I don't know. I, I want to hear the full album. I want to hear Skiba on it before I can say like this isn't Blink Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for me, like it's it's hard to say like this sounds like Blink One Eighty Two if it's not a song with both Mark and Tom. So, or I think Tom is the more identifiable voice from Blink One Eighty Two. Right. But Tom has kind of gone to shit recently um sound wise attitude wise life wise -wise. yeah um i'll take it one step further and i'll say that blink way 2 is not blink way 2 without mark tom and travis now that sounds like a hot take because travis is obviously 
a new addition uh, to the band or wasn't an original member. But I think that Travis's impact on Blink-182 is very similar to Taylor Hawkins' impact on the Foo Fighters, whereas, like, he joined... Yeah, when he joined the band, they'd already released a few albums, but in joining the band, he so quickly became a central part of the... I mean... There was a you, lot more attitude once once Travis joined. Absolutely. I mean, who the what was his name? Scott Rayner? I uh, guess. Like who shouts to Scott Rayner. <laughs> loved Dude Ranch. Um loved loved Cheshire Cat. I think he was on Cheshire Cat. I think that Scott Rayner was their first drummer. I could be wrong. But um yeah, once Travis joined the band, and obviously it helps that the first album they made was this massive pop album in Enema of the State and they made this iconic music video and everything and, and kind of became the center of attention. But for me, I think that even if you take any one of those guys away, it's not Blink-182 anymore. See, I mean, I can I can see where that would be true. But again, I just want to I want to be able to listen to the album and say, like, I'm not closing the door on this being Blink-182 yeah. with Skiba. I will I will say that I liked Bored to Death. I did, too. I think it's a really good yeah. song. Um, hopefully... It's more like that. I mean, it's it sounds a little more. Uh, it sounds like self-titled Blinkway too. So uh, I said that it sounds like it sounded neighborhoodsy to me. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah, there as well. I guess yeah. So it's it sounds less um, like their pop heyday and more of their we're kind trying of experimental, to right? Like we're sound. trying to be grown up, but we're also still yelling at mom and dad. Yeah, and there was uh, a lot of people said that it reminded them of Plus Forty Four. Okay, um, but so I think like. It's it's really like grabbing from a lot of different areas, and uh, Tom Tom had said that he said that he thinks it sounds like Angels and Airwaves. Okay, and there is like the the Oz and and ooze or whatever from yeah. from Angels and Airwaves, and people were talking about that. And uh, one of my friends uh, that I used to work with, Sean Sean Wagner McGow, I think is how you say his last name, but he works for CBS Sports now. Um, he formulated a theory that that was those oohs and ahs at the end of the 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 song are a shot at angels and airwaves Ooh. and tom which would be which would make the song so much better i'm on board with shots at tom and like you texted me saying uh i mean we texted each other earlier in the week we were both at the same time like beyonce episode blink way two episode and uh I said, I was like, I've been up on the Blink-182 drama. Like, that. that's, even though I haven't loved Blink-182 in a long time, I've loved every second of whatever the fuck's going on with Tom. As much as I kind of want uh, Tom, Travis, and Mark to get back together and be all, like, buddy-buddy and make great music again, like, that would that would make me so happy. Part of me doesn't want this drama to end because it's amazing. It is. It's incredible. But here's the one thing I'll tell you, Pete. Money goes a long way. Uh, You know what I did in 2015? I saw Lindsey Buckingham, Mick Fleetwood, Stevie Nicks, John McVie, and Christine McVie all on the same stage playing all their hits from the 70s. And if Fleetwood Mac can put on a show in 2015, then Blink-182 can... They can go into the studio right now and make a quadruple album and make out the whole time because money goes a long way. And I think just knowing that you work well together, like we haven't reached the part of our relationship where we hate each other yet. But once <laughs> that happens, it's coming. Once that happens, we're probably still going to do brunch. We'll like go on other shows and stuff and, and talk <laughs> shit about each other. But when you know that something's good, you can't just fuck it up and piss it away. So 
I think that, and I think that Matt Skiba knows he's not long for this. Um, and by not long for this, that could mean only one album. That could mean an album or two. But I look at it the same way that I look at the Pixies. Like I, I, I saw the Pixies for the first time in my life, which is ridiculous because I'm a diehard Pixies fan. But I saw them for the first time in my life uh, a year or two ago, and Kim Deal wasn't in the band. And I saw him, uh, I saw them with Jeff Israel, and I, I said to him. This isn't real. I'm not really seeing the Pixies right now. I'm seeing a, a side project of the Pixies, and they're playing all Pixies songs, so I'm down. So I think that I don't think they're done. I, I don't think this drama's done, but I think that it's going. They're going to reconcile at some point. Well, I mean, Tom recently has been saying like keeping the door <laughs> he's decided open. Decided that he's still in the band. That he still owns okay, the so, band name. And, okay, so like w- Rolling Stone did a a profile on Tom uh, maybe like a week or two ago. And it was about how like, it was basically like a testament to how like mentally ill this guy is. Like he's obsessed with UFOs, like writing 700 pages on, on UFOs and shit. Um, And he was like talking about how he was really upset that the band like didn't, uh, didn't really ask him if they could move on without him, uh, if they could keep using the Blink-182 name. And he was like... If that happened, that is fucked up. Well, Because I, he and yeah. Mark are Blink-182. Yeah, I guess. Legally, I would assume he and but Mark are Blink-182. I thought that he left. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, while they were trying to do the new album. Um, I think it was like a week before they got went in studio. Yeah, they were supposed recording. to. That's right. They were supposed to go in the studio, and he, and he was just, just like, bounced. "Nah, fuck it." You know what this actually reminds me of? Um, uh, Peter Cetera with Chicago. They were still. They weren't uh, what they had been, but they'd gone to new heights in the '80s and everything. And then he was just like, "I'm gonna walk away from this thing." And he still does. He still performs Chicago songs live and everything. I think it's so awkward. Sticks to the same thing when uh, Dennis D. Young left. If you're going to leave the band, out. don't keep playing the band's songs. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like you're in or you're out, dude. Um, and so, yeah, Mar- so uh, Tom left. They did this pro- uh, profile on him in Rolling Stone, uh, and he was talking about like how he he wouldn't close the door on the band. Like if they called him, he'd be down to to do stuff again. And then he called the called Rolling Stone. He literally picked up the phone and called Rolling Stone a week later and was like, "Hey, I'm currently in the band," to and, which is amazing like mm-hmm. i i have no idea what's going on with that and now uh today i think it was today um he released a statement on his facebook page uh saying that he's not in the band but that he met with mark and travis recently and that they're open to uh getting back together but there are still a lot of differences between them you know who seems extremely over tom Mark <laughs> Travis, I think that a lot of the comments that you've seen from well, he, he said that him and Travis speak every day. Real Tom said this, yeah. Wow, and that he just recently met with Mark. Okay, uh, so I I would assume that Mark that there would be the most tension between Mark and Tom. That's kind of a, a, a given because they've been the the partners for so long. They've been like the the Hetfield and, and Ulrich of Blinkway too. But a lot of the public comments once Tom quote-unquote, left Blinkway 2. I'm doing quote-unquote for the sake of Tom because Tom's hearing this and he's like, I didn't leave, I'm in the band. <laughs> um, but when he left Blinkway 2, I remembered uh, Mark being diplomatic and disappointed in how he threw his shade and Travis was basically like, fuck this guy. We've been trying to do shit, man. This guy's a fucking asshole. So I think that when you piss off Travis Barker, you're playing with fire because that man is... 
That man gets in plane crashes and lives. lives. Yeah. So don't fuck with Travis Barker. Um, um, so I, I think what's happening is that like that Tom really wants to take the band to weird places because he's a weird guy and he's clearly like the weirdest that he's ever been. And I think that he's trying to take them to weird places and they don't want to go there. So they shouldn't want to go there. They're not talented enough to go there. Travis is talented enough to go there, but... Tom and Mark have been playing the same four chords their entire lives and singing in the the same like one octave range their entire lives. They have a clear pattern and blueprint of what works for them. No one's we n- saw that in the the most n- recent song. Right, like, they they're going back right. to the old formula and it's pretty. It's doing awesome. Pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear Blink One Eighty Twos to pimp a butterfly. Like no one wants to hear Blinkway to be like you know what we're fucking around with jazz we're we're trying new dr-. like no one wants to hear their Sergeant Peppers they want to hear their uh, uh, what, what's a good example of like a, a straight down the middle Beatles album I guess there isn't one that's what made the Beatles so great but no one wants to hear their uh, anything but Blink One Eighty Two's Baby One More Time they just want to hear the you're working with a shiny producer you're tuning your vocals to perfection. Everything is just pop candy deliciousness. That is what works for you. If you want to make dick jokes in there, by all means, that's fine. But don't put the the, the most out there. I want to hear Blink One Eight Two is Aliens Exist, and that is still very formulaic, great pop. Um, and I think that's a big reason why uh, Neighborhoods was such a mess. Like I, I think that they the, the end result. Like I like Blink One Eighty Two enough that I think the end result were a lot of good songs, but. The album was all over the place, and yes. I think it's because a lot of them weren't in the room uh, for the creation of that album, and their uh, their intentions were in such different places that it came together and it created a jumbled mess, pretty much. I just don't think there's a limit on how much, on how many uh, going away to college, uh, what's my age again. Um, I don't think there's a limit on how many of those songs they can make where people will give up and say they don't like them. I mean, look at... Well, I had somebody uh, tweet at me this week saying, like, this shit is lame. Like, they're doing the same shit that they did uh, 15 Good. years it works. ago. It works. That's what I want when I go to Blink-182. But you don't think, like, do you think that, that that gets tired when they're in, like, their 40s and they have kids and they're singing about, like, Dude, oh, it was me? Dude, t- it was tired when they were in their late 20s. If I were to record a song right now saying, like, hey, mom, there's something in the bedroom or whatever, you'd be like, dude, you haven't lived with your mom for at least a month. Um, it was a joke. I haven't lived with my parents in a <laughs> while. Shouts to me. Um, but their their stuff was tired at the time they were doing it. They were making stuff. They were making pop music in their late twenties and early thirties for teenagers. They didn't believe it. Maybe, maybe they were writing it from a younger place. Maybe they were reflecting on when they were younger and everything. But they couldn't relate to any of the shit they were writing about on on Enema the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Um, if if we're fucked up, you're to blame, dude. You're like 35 right now. <laughs> you're blaming your parents when you're 35 years old that they fucked you up. No, you're talking about if if I'm lashing out, if I'm smoking pot in high school, that it's it's because of your parenting. But like at that point, their audience was still like the younger kids. Like That's now, like, they a lot yeah. of Blink 182 fans are older now. Right? They are. They're 27 years old. Yeah. yeah. That's. I will give you that. So maybe so I'm sure there's the temptation to grow with them, but I still feel that 
I, I don't want to Blink hear Blink-182 sing about like being a father. Right, and, like, exactly. As a Blink-182 fan, I don't want to grow with Blink-182. When I go to Blink-182, I'm going to Neverland. Like yeah. I am going to the place so I can be a little kid again. And also, like, think about how weird that would be to go to like a Blink-182 concert where they're playing all their old hits about like how like you know parents suck and yeah. all that shit and then they're playing their new stuff about how their parents and, right. and being being fathers and shit like that like, oh god if i went there and they were to play like shit off a take your pants a take off your pants and jacket and mark was to be like all right you're gonna listen to tom for a little while now and like tom plays a guitar solo i'd be like no <laughs> not adult not an adult concert no, no 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 take your penises out now do something really childish I get no adult concert stuff. So I don't want to. Yeah. So we, we've talked through this. I don't want to grow with Blinkway too. I want them to be childish. I want dick jokes. I made the re- I reference to you the other day off of uh, the, the Mark, Tom and Travis show. I said, uh, what is it? Lady, I saw your boobs and my boner ran away. Like I, I don't talk like that in real life, but if I'm in a Blinkway two kind of land, it's, it's dick jokes time. So that's, that's my take on Blink Y2. I want to hit on this with you. What is your favorite Blink Y2 side project? Favorite Blink 182 side project. I know what yours is. Ah, yeah, you do. Um, I don't know. Probably plus 44. That's fair. I will say there weren't bad Blink Y2 side projects, if, if memory serves. I, I don't Angels remember. Angels and Airwaves was pretty lame. Yeah, but it was. It came out with a few few hits. But it, I mean, it, it kind of existed in sort of the same world as Blink Way Two. So, if if you could dig Blink Way Two and you were willing to put up with one of its members uh, trying new shit, then yeah, I, I mean, if you were able to like what Blink Way Two is doing, you were willing to kind of stretch with them a little. Angels and Airwaves isn't stretching to the extent that like a grown up Blink Way Two record would be stretching. So um, yeah, for me. I was a huge Transplants guy. I And I I realized they had three albums. I didn't hear the second or third. Never heard the second or third. But the first album came out in the early 2000s. I think it was right around the same time as Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. So it was like the height of Travis Barker ruling the world. And it was uh, Tim Armstrong and basically like two of his friends. I think uh, the, the, the guy who yelled in the band was just like a roadie for rancid and then the other guy was either a roadie or like their keys player or something like that and then travis barker and they were that whole first album did you get into it at all no not really it was so fucking good like the beats were insane travis was doing whatever he wanted um it was a really cool new way to hear tim armstrong uh it was a lot more hip-hop oriented than uh than rancid was so as someone who was into Rancid and Blinkway too to hear that happen was just I and I, I was in like eighth grade or ninth grade or something so like it, the time could not have been more perfect I fucking love that shit and my favorite rap lyric ever is um uh it's from Red Man's Ooh and it's on one of the De La Soul verses and the line is it ain't my fault your ass is on the asphalt because that's just a cool line <laughs> but maybe my second favorite line is in uh. Fuck, what song is it? Uh, I think it was the song DJ DJ by the Transplants. And uh, and Tim Armstrong says, We got heavyweight subwoofers in the trunk. 
Around the world with the rancid punks. This for the misfits, the freaks, and the runs. Fuck a motherfucker, backstabbing cunts. <laughs> and like, it did, the lyrics didn't make any sense, but he dropped a hard C and he dropped like 60 Fs. And at that time, man, when you blast into that, it. yeah, <laughs> into it, down a thousand percent. For all the side projects that Blink 182 has, it's very strange that uh, Travis Barker has been on both sides. Yeah. Like, because when you do, well, when, when you're you, a drummer, you're a hired hand. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like usually when the side projects come, it's because there's like there's tension in the band, and like Travis Barker didn't really pick a side. He played with both side projects. Travis Barker seems really, really cool. Like sure. I, don't, I don't know if I would want to hang out with him. He seems cool in a way that. I feel you're cool, but if we hang out, you probably won't like me. So I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ruin. I, I don't this. want to have any sort of relationship with you. So let's just let me respect you from afar. But yeah, I I, I love Travis Barker. That's not a hot take at all. That's that's a fucking freezing ass cold take. Um, we got through a lot of music today. Did I like this? Was a very high energy episode because we needed to get out there that we just don't know anything about Drake. And then we've got significant thoughts. Blink-182. We're, Blink we're living in and 2016 Beyonce. right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking uh, one one last Beyonce uh, thing. Do you like No by Megan Trainer? No. You don't? No. Oh, wow. I think that the more I like it, or the more I listen to it, I like it less because it is... The first time I heard it, I was in an Uber, and I always talk through my thoughts with Uber drivers. And if you don't... I'm a big don't talk to me Uber driver person, Uber passenger. So I can be. I'm I'm such an asshole as an Uber passenger. If the Uber driver talks to me and I and I'm into it, then awesome. Yeah, let's go. Sure. But, but if they're given if I'm on, if I feel like I'm on a fucking job interview while I'm taking a Uber yeah. somewhere, fuck you. Just I, let me fucking sit in silence. I wish there were a button that you could press that just like, <laughs> like kind of shut gave, up, gave them a little shock, like. <laughs> Don't or talk like, to me anymore. Or like in the back of a limo where like you can the fucking... Partition? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's... So here's the thing. I want to have the chat with the Uber driver, but I want to be on my terms. Like, I want there to be dead silence. Like, if I so choose, I want there to be dead silence for six minutes, and then when I ask him a question six minutes in, I want a good answer. I want an answer like we... Like, the conversation is broken in. And if we're sitting there in silence for six minutes, and I don't feel like talking, I want him to know... Please don't ask me a question. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess what I'm pushing for here is telepathy, <laughs> but uh, that's my feelings on Uber drivers. But anyway, uh, normally I'm friendly with Uber drivers and talk to them. And, like, I mean, I'm it, friendly. I just don't want to fucking deal with that shit if I'm sitting in the back seat and I don't feel like talking to you and you're fucking boring. Well, I just feel like there are signs, like, if I'm in my phone, it means that I don't want to talk to you. And yeah. that's in that's to everybody. So. Friends, right family, now, so if you right, do with this, if you see me looking at my phone, that is the "leave me alone for a couple minutes" uh, sign. I'm usually not doing anything on it because I've got no one to talk to. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was on. I was taking an Uber um, to something, and uh, no came on, and you could tell it's Megan, Megan Trainer, but I was like, wow. I like a Megan Trainor song. This is very... Um, you didn't like the one with John Legend? That was like the turning point for Megan Trainor. Well, not like that turning point where like uh, the realization that I can like something that Megan Trainor does. Is that Trainor the does. I'm going to love you, yeah. like I'm going to lose you? That's an okay one. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I feel like that's probably what she was trying to do all along, songs like that. I think that um, she's forcing it with a lot of the shit she's doing. So uh, it was... Uh, 
no, obviously, it is trying harder than anything has ever tried to be a Destiny's Child song. And I'm into that, though, because there aren't Destiny's Child songs anymore, and Beyonce doesn't sound like Destiny's Child anymore, so I need to get writings on the wall material from someone. So if Megan Trainer is going to be just ripping off Destiny's Child all day, that's fine. The more I listen to it, though, it's like, you could have at least put in like 1% of Megan Trainer and not 1,000% like everything I'm doing here is trying to be Destiny's Child. So I'm kind of wrestling with the happy that she's ripping off Destiny's Child and upset that she's ripping off Destiny's Child. But overall, big fan of No. And I feel like I should get that out there because I'm going to dog Megan Trainer a lot of points over the 10-year the run of this podcast because I don't like Megan Trainer. I think that I think that her... And uh, what's her face with the same person, Sean Kingston? <laughs> Interesting take. They, I, I'm surprised if we haven't brought this up yet. But yeah, I, I think that they are the exact same person. They're just they do this uh, retro. Um, they they do kind of a modern sounding retro sound, and it's like that would be cool. But you're not very good, so it's just I don't know. It's it's all very blah to me. But I think that if they were to tour together. Or if they were to make babies together, if they were to do anything together, I think that they would be very successful and make a lot of money doing that. So, shouts to Megan Trainer. Not a big fan, but like, no.